Hi, this is Heather Bonham, and you're listening to the Learning Coach Podcast. And this is episode 030, otherwise known as episode 30. Thanks so much for being with me today. I'm going to talk about a topic that's a little bit heavy or a little bit intense, but I think you'll quickly get where I'm going with this topic. So today's topic is fear and the high price that we pay when we allow fear to be in charge, to be in control. I've been thinking about it just in a lot of different realms this week. Certainly as a teacher, there are things that kids are afraid to try, that we're afraid to try as teachers. It might not work. Everything might fall apart. You know, that's one level. I've also been thinking about traveling and how I really, it's it's one of those love-hate things because I always want to go places, but then I'm always stressed out about traveling. I don't really even love to fly, but I do it. And it's because I want to have all these rich experiences in life. Then I was thinking about fear in terms of job security and why people won't change jobs or won't make some kind of a change that really would probably be better for them in the long run. And there's just been so many things this week that point back to the idea of fear. And then I've been listening to, again, listening to The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I listened to it last year. It's a great audiobook, and I'm revisiting that and going in depth with that book. And one of the things he talked about in the passage that I was listening to this week was worry and how worry really is pointless in so many situations, but we do it anyway. And when we start to have what he calls the upper limit problem, where we think we might be getting a little too successful in some area or where we feel like we're kind of breaking through a boundary um, in terms of a next level for something uh, of achievement in our lives or in our careers, sometimes we start to worry about things, which may not even be really related. And he gave an example of how things were going well for him and his daughter was off at a a camp kind of program at a college and he got really worried all of a sudden that something terrible was going to happen to her. She was going to be totally alone and miserable and he called and of course everything was fine. And he said, like, why was I worried about her when I had just been thinking about how well other things had been going in life? And he uses that example to say, we kind of manufacture a lot of our own fear and worry. And I know for me, this is a really big issue. And a lot of it is because I'm really a creative thinker. And so when you, it's kind of like idle idle hands or the devil's playwork um, or playground. When my mind, my creative mind that likes to read and write and think up all these things, when that mind is allowed to wander or it doesn't have enough to do and isn't kept busy, it's like a little child, my mind will wander and and manufacture things to worry about. So Gay Hendricks says, worry is only good if it's about something legitimate and something that you can do something about. Meaning worry is useless. If you're worried about something that isn't real at all, you just made it up in your head, which we sometimes do, or it might be something real, but it's, it's like nothing that you can actually control or do anything about. 
those are just, you're spinning your wheels. You're, you're just burning up energy, worrying about things like that. But yet a lot of us do it. And I'm, I'm guilty of that for sure. So I might worry about something for no reason, or there may be a reason, but it's nothing I can control. Now back to the concept of fear, because fear and worry just go hand in hand. Fear has one purpose, one purpose. And that one purpose is useful. It's to keep us safe. It's to protect us. So there is a use for fear. And we can all go back to an example from early mankind or humankind, right? And if a tiger is chasing you, it's good to get afraid because that fear produces a chemical change in the body. Here's the science teacher and me coming out, but you all know that. It produces chemicals like cortisol and adrenaline. Adrenaline gives you energy. But the other thing, and a lot of people maybe don't realize this, is adrenaline also prevents you from bleeding out as easily if you do get bitten by that tiger out in the woods. So it's protective. It is protective for you to get away from danger. And it's also protective just in case something harmful does happen to your body. It actually helps your body to survive that traumatic harm. It's amazing, actually. And when you think about it, I mean, all of these things, the way my mind works, these things just show me God's plan for humanity. Because he literally built us with safety mechanisms already built in. Safety mechanisms that just happen. I never have to think, oh, it's time for me to manufacture some adrenaline, some cortisol, some chemicals in my brain. I don't have to think about manufacturing those things. It just happens automatically in response to some type of danger. However, most of the time we're not in physical danger or really any kind of danger, but stresses from life feel like danger. And so some people more than others, our bodies will respond with a fear response. Um, So worry is kind of a cousin or sibling to fear because worry is the thought process that goes along with fear that goes along with that fear response, the fight or flight response. You may have heard it called the safety mechanism, but worry is the thought process. So you can create a fear reaction by worrying. You can also help calm down a fear reaction by logically thinking through what's actually going on. So those things really go hand in hand. And Gay Hendricks doesn't delve into all of that in great, great detail, but he does some, and he really talks about the unproductivity of worrying. And that's something that I think for some of us, for me, it's probably an ongoing issue because when something comes up in life that's new, that seems scary or seems traumatic or seems even like a big change, even if it's a good change, some of us worry. And it's just something that you have to learn how to deal with. You have to learn to take the feeling and turn it into logic. 
sometimes it's easier said than done. But if you master this, you'll be able to do bigger and better things in life, in your career, in relationships, because you'll be able to take those chances, the ones that you really want to take. And if you're a career changer or if you've gone back to school, then I know that you're willing to take some chances and you're willing to do something that's a little bit scary and you're willing to reframe that fear like Michael Hyatt talks about when um, he talked about in one of his podcast episodes and I'm sorry I don't know which one it was a pretty old one but he talked about a fear or a nervousness with public speaking and he reframed that to say to himself you know what it's really just excitement and Gay Hendricks does talk about that in his book also that fear is a very similar sensation to just being all hyped up and excited um, and Gay Hendricks mentions that it's just um, and he's actually quoting someone else it's not his original idea but he says you know fear is excitement without breathing so you're kind of holding your breath and you you make yourself feel some sensations from that but Michael Hyatt talks about reframing that whole concept of oh I'm scared to talk in front of this group of people and instead he says well this is what my body does as it gears up to have peak performance when I speak in front of a group of people now all he's really doing is putting different language and different words to the reaction that his body has but he's telling his body through reversing his worry he's telling his body hey it's okay that my heart's beating a little bit faster and I feel like a little bit of blood rushing to my face right now and I'm feeling a little on edge because all of those things are making me perform better they're making me focus on the speech that I'm about to give they're giving me blood because that's carrying oxygen and I need that for peak performance and the adrenaline and the shakiness or the nervousness is really just extra energy to do a really good job. So Michael Hyatt has trained his thought process to be a peak performer. And he's a very, very well-known speaker. He speaks at large events. He holds his own events. And he does that because over time he's trained himself how to be excellent at doing that and he's learned to control his emotions and his fear because there shouldn't be fear you're actually not in, and you all know this you're not in any danger getting up in front of a group of people and speaking or applying for a job going to an interview you're not in any danger going to that interview but I know that sometimes it feels like you are it feels like you're going off to the guillotine but it's not true and you have to reframe that and say, yeah, I, I'm applying to med school or I'm going off to an interview today. And it feels like I'm really, really nervous, but actually it's my body gearing up to do an excellent job. So no matter what it is, if it's something that you want to do, don't let fear have the last word. Fear is not the boss. Fear has a very important role to play in life. Again, it's to protect you from danger and to keep you safe. But that's its only job. All the other jobs that it tries to take on are jobs that you need to say, you know what, fear, that's not your job. 
It's not your job to tell me not to get on that plane and go do some traveling. Sure, things happen once in a while, but for the most part, planes are very, very safe. Most of the things we do are very, very safe. It's not okay to make yourself smaller in this world just because of fear. If you're in a job that's not right for you and you know it's not right for you, but you're afraid to leave because of the security, or you're afraid to leave because you're afraid to go out there and put yourself out there and be vulnerable and interview and apply for jobs that you might not get. And yes, yeah, somebody might say, you know, we're, you're just not what we're looking for, or you just don't have the training or the background that we want, or you just don't have enough job experience. They might say that and it's okay. But it also might happen that you're the right person for that job and you're going to look back and be so glad that you did it. And I have to say, most of the things that I've done, I've looked back and said, wow, I'm really glad I did that. I'm a person who doesn't necessarily like to move and yet I've lived in five states as an adult and I don't regret any of those moves. They haven't all been easy and, you know, not everything was roses and perfect all the time, certainly. But I'm still glad I made those moves. I'm glad that I've taken the jobs that I've taken. A lot of things look different before you actually go through and experience them. And the fear is a lot of times exactly that. It's fear of the unknown. It's fear of the unexpected. You're manufacturing a lot of bad outcomes that might not be the outcome at all. And even if they are, most of the time it's really not that big a deal. So you go and interview for the job and they say you're just not right for it. And it will hurt your feelings, but it's not that big of a deal. It's not the end of the world. And no, giving that speech isn't the end of the world either or a lot of the things that we're afraid of. So I always am working on that with myself. Um, it's a work in progress, but I've come a really long way. And I, I think that some of us, maybe, as I said, just because we're very imaginative or maybe we're just more sensitive to fear and worry, um, some of us try to talk ourselves out of doing things. And I'm not talking about bad, dangerous things at all. I'm not talking about, you know, something that I'm not skydiving. That's not something I really want to do. But if I really, really wanted to do it, I would probably find a way to talk myself into it, to be honest. But I don't, it's not something I really want to do. And it is a little more dangerous than other pursuits and other sports. But if I really wanted to do it, I would find a way. Um, But I'm not talking about that. A lot of the things I'm talking about on this podcast are things that have to do with education and career. And if there's something in your education or something in your career that you really want to do or something in your personal life or your leisure that you really want to do, like travel or like learn about a new culture and you're scared, I think that's natural. One of the mistakes that we make is to look at other people and think, well, they're not afraid. They aren't scared. They're not worried. 
Look at, you know, my friend so-and-so. And you can always think of an example of somebody who's super bold. They're never afraid. They go to parties and they don't know anybody, but it doesn't even bother them because they make all new friends. And that's the person who can walk into a crowded restaurant and, you know, find someone they know. It's just those kind of people. They don't worry. Yeah, we can all think of people like that. But I don't think that the majority of people are that bold. And if they are, it's probably because somewhere in life they learn to manage their natural fears. Yes, there are a few little kids who are just daredevils and they're wild and they aren't afraid of anything. And we all can relate to people who are like that. We've all met them or we know a child that way. And we think, gosh, aren't they afraid of anything? But most people are. And the people that you're looking at, who you think are not afraid, a lot of times you are looking at their finish line and not their start line. So you don't know that person who you know who has a PhD and has traveled to five countries or whatever it is. You might look at that person and think, oh, wow, they're just, they're so brave and they just go after all their goals and their dreams. But very likely if you actually had a conversation with that person they would say well you're seeing me now not 10 years ago you don't know the fear that was there and and it's probably more more often the case they were afraid they were nervous maybe they worried but they learned how to deal with it and they learned to be in charge they learned to outthink and outlogic their worries and they learn to handle the physical sensations of fear and just accept it. And I've talked about this in past podcasts, the wonderful, wonderful book by Dr. Susan Jeffers, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. That's also what people do. If they can't completely get rid of the fear and they can't completely outlogic the fear and the worry and talk themselves out of it and explain to themselves why it's silly, The thing that really separates achievers, I believe, one of the things that separates them, uh, hard work is definitely one of those things for sure. But one of the really important things that separates the achievers from the non-achievers is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. So get rid of the fear as much as you can by eliminating the worry, by reframing those sensations of fear, But then whatever remnants there are, just accept it and say, all right, I still have some fear. And now I'm going to feel the fear and do it anyway. So this week, as you truck right along, moving toward your goals, your dreams, and your achievements, and it's different for every one of us because our gifts are all different and the things that we want out of life are all different. And I believe that those things are placed in us by God because he gave us the gifts and then he gave us the goals and the ambitions. He, he, it's, a, it's a two-part thing. He gave us the gifts and then he gave us the desire to do something with those gifts. But that's not to say there won't be any resistance or any fear. So absolutely, as you go about your week and you go about achieving your dreams and what God put in your heart to do, Just know the worry and that fear might show up. And sometimes it shows up in other ways that you don't realize are connected 
with the little bits of success that you're starting to have because you feel uncomfortable. You're doing new things. You're reaching new levels of success and it's uncharted territory. It might feel a little bit uncomfortable. So then you might develop a fear and a worry in some other area that seems unrelated, but it might all be connected. But when it comes up, you deal with the worry, you deal with the fear and whatever is left over, you just let it be there and you just feel the fear and you do it anyway. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can contact me by emailing info at studyskillssurvivalguide.com. I'll talk to you again soon.